Have you ever been on a money date? And you're like thinking, wait, rewind. Did he just say a money date? Yeah, I did. A money date. Have you ever been on one? No? I really hadn't either. At least a proper one. So find out what it is and why you should do it in today's show. Welcome to the Financial Residency Podcast, where we are devoted exclusively to the financial well-being of physicians and helping you achieve the financial freedom you deserve. This is your financial residency without the long hours and sleepless nights. Let's welcome your host and primary care physician for your finances, Ryan Inman. What's up, everyone? Welcome back. Really excited to have you guys here. Thank you so much for being here, by the way. It's just such an honor to have you guys all tune in for 30, 40 minutes, whether you're out on your commute or on a run, wherever you're at. Thanks so much for being here. I actually have a really fun show for you guys today. Uh, We talk with Elle Martinez from the Couple Money Podcast. Elle and I chat all about something called the money date. Now, sounds a little different because it is. And I am like totally guilty as charged on not making what I thought was, you know, a quote unquote money date fun and entertaining. Elle has a ton of refreshing ideas on how to make talking about finances with your significant other, not threatening, but dare I say even fun. Now I'm a money nerd and I love talking about this stuff. So it's always fun to me. Taylor on the other hand can tell you that it is not very fun. And sometimes I am the worst and bring out either spreadsheets or budgets, or I talk about what was spent or even estate planning documents. Yes, I'm pretty much that bad. But Elle's given me even some tools to help talk about this with my significant other. And I think it'd be really beneficial for you guys to hear this and to hopefully start implementing not only um, some of the communication stuff that she talks about, but even some of the fun money challenges that she has proposed. So without further ado, let's jump into the show with Elle Martinez from Couple Money. Elle, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm so excited that you're here today. I'm really excited too, Ryan. It's always nice to chat with you. Oh, it's always fun to nerd out and talk finance. But today we're going to be talking mostly around the concept of a money date. And the financial planner in me is kind of sitting here and going, hmm, so we're going to sit around the dinner table. I'm going to bust out all my spreadsheets and I'm going to start paying bills and showing her what I do, right? Is that how the, the money date works? You you better not, Ryan. <laughs> I mean, that is the easiest and fastest way to kill the conversation. <laughs> yeah, I already have a hard um, enough time for it, so... I love Andy from Marriage, Kids, and Money, but he likes to call his budget parties. I'm like, Andy, that's that's not how you call them. It's not fun. Oh, the dreaded uh, B word. Oh, boy. I know. Don't put that in there. Money dates basically are a fun and relaxed way that the two of you can connect with your finances while going on a date. And it's not an oxymoron, I promise. Well, I mean, obviously, <laughs> I love talking money and you know, numbers and everything. So the the nerd side of me is like, yeah, this is cool. I get to go on a date, which is tough with a three-year-old and a one-year-old already. So I get to go on a date and we get to talk about my favorite thing in the whole world. So this sounds great to me. How is this going to sound great to my wife? Well, here's the thing. With money dates, the actual looking over the numbers is probably 10 to 15 minutes, which I know the planner in you probably sounds counterintuitive, But that's because the money dates are about checking in with each other. They're allowing you to see what's going on 
with the big picture, your goals that you created together, what are you working towards and what's not working and just adjusting it. I think too many times couples approach when they go with the finances, it's because like, oh my goodness, we're dealing with a ton of debt or we have this issue with the the income and just trying to make it work. And you jump into the numbers, I feel too quickly and you don't remind yourselves like, what are we working towards? So a money date simply is, what are the things we're trying to do this year and in a couple of years in the future? And then down the line are big, you know, the big goal, maybe it's retirement, financial independence by a certain day. And let's knock this down and let's make sure how we are spending is closer towards how we want to live our lives. So it this is this is why I call it a date because absolutely, Ryan, the tone is crucial to this. You want to be relaxed. You want to be in a good mood before you start talking about money and the finance. Now, I know you're probably giddy. <laughs> you know, you probably have some spreadsheets already. But really, it is, again, having, if you haven't already had a conversation about this, I know you like to get into this, but money is simply a tool to take care of the necessary things and to get you closer to your dreams. And so a money date should feel like that. It should feel like, you know what? We are working towards something. We are checking in with each other as a couple, first of all, with our relationship, what's going on? Is there something we need to work on? And then we can look at the numbers and then just adjust month to month. Sometimes we just kind of go on autopilot and I get it. We have a six-year-old and a three-year-old. So I totally hear where you're coming from. It is all too easy to kind of push aside going on a date, first of all, any kind of date. But then let's be honest, like with the budget, you know, okay, we'll we'll wait till next week. It's just, it's been a crazy week this week. And then next week, it's a crazy week. And you're kind of in a mental autopilot, but you're not really going anywhere. And so this is kind of a way to de-stress, refocus, and then take care of what's necessary. I love that. So a couple of things that you had said, I always look at it as like time is your most precious resource. So how you spend your time should be your number one. And I know residents are sitting here going, huh, I wish I had more time and not sleeping every fourth night in the hospital and doing some of the terrible things that they're having to go through, right? But it gets better, right? As you become an attending and, you know, your your schedule kind of relaxes. But, you know, if we're looking at it in terms of timing, like I have like the, and I, I did a show with actually my wife about what we go through every year. Once a year, we go through kind of our big goals and I we ask each other a couple questions and we go through our answers, see if anything has changed and and if it has, how has it changed? You know, what path does that push us down now? And I look at it on a kind of a yearly basis because these are some really mm-hmm. deep questions. And all for everyone listening, like if you haven't heard the episode with Taylor and I talking on our goals, I'll put it in the show notes at financialresidency.com. So just go check it there. Um, the podcast is also listed there. So you can read all about it and listen there. But we do that once a year because that's kind mm-hmm. of a real heavy conversation. How often do people do money dates? Like, do you kind of think of how, how often do they do it and how deep does it go? Because I could see after a few months of, let's say, once a month going, like it, nothing had changed in those big goals usually in a month or two. So how, how deep do we go with the why? And I, I think that's what you're saying, right? Start with the why. Yeah. And so with the money dates, of course, every couple is going to be different, but we found the rhythm of a month works for us and it works for a lot of couples. And there's a few reasons. And one is, even though, like you said, after a while, like once you get that initial, like, okay, here's, 
here's what we're working towards in general, here's our spending. But the truth is like, it seems like every month something happens. Maybe you have a wedding to go to or a family trip to, you know, some family to visit, or maybe you have a project going on. So most of the budget is the same, but there's like one or two things that do affect your money. And if you don't talk about it and just adjust ever so slightly, then it can snowball into, okay, we're overspending here because we're still catching up from a few months ago. Or if you notice you came up with a budget that isn't realistic, reviewing it monthly saying, hey, look, we tried three months in a row not eating out at all. It's not going to work out for us. you know. So let's come up with something more realistic where we're enjoying ourselves now while still setting ourselves up for a better future. And so it really is about going over your goals. And it does get easier. I would say, honestly, the initial money dates are probably going to have more of the finances once you figure out what you want to do. And I think couples should always kind of have a couple goals running around. You have the big picture one, but then also like immediately, what are we trying to do with like debt? I know you were mentioning me with residency. That is a lot of pressure. I mean, you're making what, like 50 or 60,000 a year or something Mm -hmm. like that. And how many hours? I know it's like insane hours. I will say in quotes, 60, wink, wink, but it is usually way more than that. Yeah. Yeah. So I understand like with the money dates, you're going to have to tailor it for you. But I would say, especially when you are in the thick of things, it's so easy to let the ball drop. We kind of had this phrase, like when we spend stuff, right? We say, I deserve it. You know, I'm getting this because I deserve it. Well, you deserve having a plan that fits you and what matters to your family. So a money day is an investment and a time to kind of take a break and make sure you're still working towards that. And when you're dealing with debt from school and everything, it seems like you have a whale to tackle. And it's so much easier to just like, okay, next month we'll talk about it. Next month, no, you know what? It's the first week of the month or it's the last week of the month so you can plan ahead. It's time to go on our date. We'll just sit down, we'll plan for it. And really nowadays, once you have it set up, it's so much easier to kind of automate the payments and everything. So it's not as stressful as you imagine, but you do have to get started with those first few steps. And for those that are short on time, could this be like Mm -hmm. a money coffee? you know, kind of thing? Like, could it start small? Absolutely. And listen, like I said, we have two small kids. So there are certain nights when they won't go to bed or there are certain weeks where it's just insane, but we know we have to talk. Look, a bottle of wine, or if you're my husband, he likes scotch once in a while, I'll take some with him. We put the kids to bed and we go outside. And yes, it's like 9.30, 10, We start the fire pit and we have our date there. And it doesn't have to be long. It's just a check-in with each other because that's absolutely crucial. I've had, you know, when I interview couples in like different circumstances and everything, I've had quite a few of couples where things got so stressed out and they thought the other person was taking care of the money. Mm. It snowballed out of control. I had uh, one husband. He was a very good husband in terms he wanted to provide for his family. And the wife knew he was in debt, that they had some debt, but because they kept putting it off having the talk, just long story short, it was like $100,000. Whoa. Uh Uh-oh. Credit cards. We're talking credit cards. Oh, no. Yeah. You know, I don't want it to be that drastic, but sometimes 
we keep thinking, well, it's not going to be a big deal. Well, it becomes a big deal. And now you're having a fight over money versus, hey, you know, we made a mistake. We screwed up here a month. Yeah, you could blow the budget, but it's not going to ruin your finances. You know what I'm saying? It's something smaller, something you can always adjust. And those money dates don't have to take long at all. I mean, there's different tools of whether you like spreadsheets, whether you like apps, you know, or a mix of both that are out there that basically you can put it on your phone and you can look it over. Yeah. So what are maybe a few of the apps or softwares that you're referencing here? It depends on your style. I know every couple is kind of different with how on top of every expense they want to be. Like some of us are naturally into the details. My husband's a software developer, so he has this engineer mindset. So spreadsheets are great. You have Google Sheets. Also something new that's happened in the last couple years is Tiller, which I like because you can create and have complete flexibility with the spreadsheet, but it pulls in your bank transactions for you for, I think it's like $5 a month. It makes it a breeze. Mm -hmm. And then personal capital is also another one Mm -hmm. where it kind of gives you that snapshot. And then mint, I think people visually like that because you can kind of set up a little monthly goal that you want to track towards, like how much we're putting towards a credit card. And it will also let you know in certain categories if you're getting too high on spending. Yeah. And personal capital is a good one that I did use for a little bit. And then when I ended up having some really great financial planning software, I kind of have like personal capital and steroids now, which is really neat for me. And I know others can't obviously take advantage of that. But uh, personal capital is a good one. Mint. I use Mint. I think when it first started <laughs> long, long, long time ago, I'm sure. I think we all did. <laughs> improved. I think it was like the first one that was like, this is not that complicated. And if you're kind of, a, we, you know, say money nerd, you try everything and anything and want to see what it is and how it works. And so I feel like all of us, yeah, we all, uh, you know, that, that, enjoy this type of thing, ended up using that. But well, that's neat. So so I'll, if I'm looking here and I say, hey, honey, I, I want to go on a money date, you know, or I'm trying to bring it up to her and she goes, okay. Or he says, okay, like kind of in a weird, mm-hmm. like, what the heck are we talking about? <laughs> but that's cool. And they agree to go on it. Like, how does that start? When someone sits down and was like, hey, I, I heard this on a podcast or I was looking at, you know, and by the way, everyone, Elle has an amazing podcast called Couple Money. And you guys need to check it out. Oh, thank you. And oh, I I love it. I listen to it because it helps me um, in in how I communicate with my wife, honestly. And um, you know, it's tough because I am like in this all day, every day, and I look at it as like very detailed. And I want to get in the spreadsheets, and like I know my wife is significantly smarter than I am, and that's totally cool. <laughs> but she does not want to talk about this <laughs> stuff, right? And and actually, I see it a lot with clients that usually there's one like household CFO and the other person is like, yep, you got it. I don't care. And more often than not, it's the doctor that doesn't care um, in the relationship because they're so busy and Mm -hmm. they're wanting to take care of and help their patients. So they just say the spouse is going to take care of it. But, you know, how do I sit down or how would someone listening sit down at the first time they're about to have this meeting and like, what do they start? How do they start it off? So it doesn't just go into like, you know, and I was joking, but like, you know, we're going to bust out our, our, our budget, our balance sheet. I'm going to pay all our bills and show you what I'm doing. So first of all, put away the spreadsheets. Your first money date actually will not have any money mentioned. So the person that is the go-to finance person, they're going to have to just hold back, sit back 
because the first money date really is about defining your goals. So you don't even have to call it a money date the first time. Say, I want to go on a date. Do you mind? I really want to kind of talk about what do we want to do in the next year or so and just talk about your dreams. What are you trying to work towards? I think sometimes you jump in like, let's talk about money. And you kind of, the other spouse kind of feels like the hairs on the back of their neck, like, oh, what are we going to do What did I do wrong? Yeah. And so for me, like we start off our money dates and it's not as formal as I make it sound. Like as you go along, you'll kind of tweak it and it's, it becomes so much more casual, but you start off with a win. Like what have, what has been going right with you guys? So your first date, you know, start off with like, I'm really glad we're sitting down, you know, congrats, you're doing the residency. You know, we've worked hard for this and I know this is going to be crunch time or after the residency and they're out, you know, okay, good. We're finally, it's going to, you know, pay off in terms of work and the schedule hopefully is a little bit better than residency. Start off with a positive and just say, okay, you know, for the rest of the year, where do we want to be at the end of this year? You know, sometimes I know, and this is a personal finance writer podcast and me, like we want to jump into like, let's start, let's plan out retirement. Let's plan out this. Let's kind of dial it back and go like, what do we do by the end of the year? And is there something we want to do in the next three to five years? So at the end of the year, do you want to knock down some of your debt, maybe a particular credit card that's been bothering you? Or maybe you guys actually want to have like a cushion where you feel like there is enough buffer where you're not stressed out with the bills? Or is it something as simple as, you know, I've been grinding all this time with residency. I'd love to take a trip with you. You know, take a trip together, debt-free, stress-free. How how can we do that? And so when you're starting off with the goal, you're doing two things. One, you're reminding yourself money is not the goal. Your goal is what kind of life do you want to design together Money is a tool to get you there. But then, too, you kind of take the stress of the numbers out. Not that the numbers themselves are, but for the first date, you want to just sit down and talk about what really matters to us. What do we want to do together? And then talk about, like, why does that matter? Because sometimes when we talk about, oh, I want to go on a vacation, I'm thinking for me, my vacation, I want to check out the sites. I want to go to the landmarks. It's almost... Don't laugh, Ryan. It's like a research project. I get excited about that. My husband is the person that says, I'd rather just sleep in bed till lunchtime. And then, you know, go out to the bar, relax, do my thing. So sitting there and establishing it, it it just gets fun. And then at the end of the day, what you say is like, um, you know what? Maybe next week we can figure out where we are now so we can make this happen. And that's when you start introducing the money. But now you got them excited because you're both excited about this dream or this goal that you want to do versus, okay, let's look at this amount of debt we're dealing with. Let's look at how much savings we don't have. That's very negative. You want to work together. And it gives a context with the numbers. Yeah. And you're almost painting a, a vision of kind of what that ideal life looks like. And I know I mentioned that a lot throughout the various shows because i really believe that it's important to kind of cast your own vision of, you know, what does my ideal day look like? What does my ideal Mm -hmm. week look like? Heck, what does my ideal year look like? And as you start to really write down these things and formulate these visions, if you will, it'll give you excitement and vigor to go like, yes, let's go crush this. And I want to travel to China and spend two weeks there 
whatever that trip looks like, right? If that's yeah. if that's your thing. And then you figure out creative ways to like not only pay for that, but then you're like, oh, and look at like we have debt and let's put together, you know, repayment plan for that. And it just kind of snowballs, if you will. So if that's how the first meeting looks, and obviously every meeting will have some of that plus some finance mm-hmm. component to it. Have you found that there's any like location or do you have any like other ideas or things that maybe we haven't covered with respects to example dates? Oh, yeah. I mean, you can make it as low key or as out there as you want it. And something I love that you said is like like planning a trip and you're excited about this. That's the whole idea, Ryan. The, the idea is the goal that you have to know it's the right goal. You guys are both excited about it. And I kind of use as an example of think of this as you're doing the epic trick of your life. How excited would you be? Your ideal location. Of course, you're going to plan it out. You're like, okay, I want to go here. Well, do I need to have money to fly there? Is it going to be a cruise? Are we going to drive there? What we're going to do? And then you break it down. But that excitement is there. You're like, that is exactly what I want to do. I want to knock it out. And then you dig into the details. And so you kind of want your location or, you know, some ideas. It doesn't have to be fancy, but it should be fun. It should be something that doesn't bore you. And it doesn't have to be like a ton out of pocket. Like we live in Raleigh, Durham area. There's like a ton of universities and colleges here. A lot of great sweet spots that are cheap. You can go see college bands, you know, if you Mm. have Groupon deals. Something that I like to do is baseball games, kind of going out there, watching not the the major leagues, but the minor leagues. We have the Durham Bulls over here. Awesome spot because there is like a track of restaurants right by the ballpark. These are low-key, fun ways, and mentally just getting out of the house, you know. I know in certain situations you can't. Honestly, certain nights you just don't want to. You just want to stay in and relax. But that's the idea. Like, can you kind of just get out of the day-to-day grind for a little bit and just focus on each other and focus on what you want to do together? Yeah, and so I I have a more kind of structured process I like formally go through with clients. But I I love this kind of on their own suggesting that they they do something like this. I think it's fascinating. And I definitely want to bring this up with my wife and – try to make this a little bit better and repair the damage I might've already caused by being like, Hey, let's talk about this. And boom, here's all our estate documents. <laughs> She's like, wait, what? <laughs> Surprise. Did you at least have like some chocolate or nah, I mean, you nah, just presented I just, that. Nothing I just else went there. right at it. Oh, I mean, I just, no sugar coating here. Like it's just, no, no, Hey, like, let's no talk. Sushi, on. No pizza? Oh my goodness. I know it was brutal. I think, She's I think a wonderful place. <laughs> she is, she is right. And, you know, normally the, the happy wife, happy life. Well, she was not happy sometimes when I do that, but it's okay. So this will be, this is good, right? Even for me to to understand kind of how to kind of talk at the same level and not be super nerd on it. Well, so, we're but, always learning. We're always growing. I've done the same thing. I, I mean, I do this for to turn it off. Yeah. And you get excited like, oh, did you see there's this new savings app? And he's like, what? No, 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 don't, don't, oh, don't. I've lear- I learned that a long time ago. Like, just keep it to myself. Yeah. <laughs> keep it to myself unless it's like, honey, we're switching banks. And then it's, you know, different or, hey, we're we're going to track it this way. But so, oh, I know, and I, I go through this too. And I say, you know, I want to understand like from their perspective, right? 
what is it that excites them? What is it that they want to do? Hopefully, you know, their paths aren't too different. So, you know, you can obviously merge them together. And if couples are listening to this and they're going to go do this, that's great. Now they come out and they're like, okay, well, we wanted to take this example trip to China for two weeks. Do you have any tips or tricks for them on savings? You know, if this is what they've decided that they want to do, do you have anything that you can kind of give to them? Well, this was interesting because, you know, we have our own personal experience, but I've been interviewing couples, some of them that life gotten out of $100,000 of debt or retired in their 30s with kids, which mm. is Whoa. insane. That's great. Uh, yeah. And so I'm always fascinated, like, how do you do this? Because honestly, those are huge, like, numbers, whatever those particular goals are. Like, how do you save that much. And a lot of it was gamifying it, making it fun. It wasn't, okay, we have to save 300 a month or save a hundred dollars here eating out. It was, let's do some kind of like challenge. Let's like push ourselves for a month. Like I'm a big fan of like monthly money, money challenge that couples can work together towards. And I think that is absolutely helpful because it kind of gets you into a nice competitive, I don't know if you you and your wife are like mean competitive. Sometimes my husband and I do cross that line. <laughs> We've gotten better. But it, it's nice to kind of make this a competition where you guys are trying to find ways to save and get some big wins. Something that I've done is $20 date night challenge. That saved us oh. um, quite a bit of money. And it was fun. We do it in the summer usually it kind of brings us back to our college days. Yeah. You know, we're the 50 cent taco nights. Cause I think every town has them, you yeah, know, for the college. They, kids they have stuff. something, so, or something equivalent, might not be tacos, but something equivalent. It's like, you know, a buck, a slice of pizza or something. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you go out there and the money that you save, boom, go towards that trip that you're, you're saving towards. Also, I've done the like zero day challenge, which is nice because I think we're all guilty of this, especially when you're first kind of finding your rhythm together is we think we know what we're spending, but we're usually spending more than we think. And so with the zero spending challenge, it's not that you don't spend anything. It's that you just, you track every day. Okay. What do we spend money on? And of course the bills are going to be taken out, but what you realize is, you know what? We go out a lot here or, we are spending money on, you know, a lot of stuff on Amazon we don't necessarily need or whatever your, I call it latte factor. It's not really, everyone has their own latte factor. It's totally different. I, yeah. Some people are Starbucks yeah. and some people are other things. Yeah. I've yet to meet someone with the avocado toast. I don't know where the story is coming from. I have, <laughs> I don't know, but that's the idea. Like daily, what do you see? And then you're counting how many days you both spent zero. And then you can actually do it individually where you have, okay, there's the R money, which is the bills and everything we share. And then we have, like my husband and I have small, like eat out funds, mm -hmm. you know, and then also he likes to get tech stuff and I like to do uh, travel weekend trips or, you know, some kind of daily getaway, social eating, those little expenses individually will, it's a little competition. Like, can I keep mine at zero th today? Okay. Can I wait two weeks so I can get zero here so I can win? Yes. Awesome. So make it a game. And there's so many different challenges out there. I saw one that was like how to save, what was it, $1,000 in a month. And it takes you like each day there's a certain thing that you do and you, you knock it out. I've had 
I call it the five days to 5k challenge, which is you make it a game, but for a week you guys focus on, okay, where are big wins? And you look at your expenses one way this way, one day we'll look at this section, next day we'll look like, oh, is there something we can sell, you know, and plan for the yard sale next week or two. Like that keeps it fun. It doesn't feel like, oh my goodness, we're forcing ourselves to be deprived for even longer because I know that's a lot of sacrifice, especially with residency and a physician, you're naturally just like giving everything you do want to have some fun with it and you don't want to feel like you're constantly depriving yourself. So that was a huge key. I noticed a lot of couples did. And then the other one was making it automatic. So however you decide to, you know, play the game or save, as soon as you do it, have it transferred. Or if you canceled a subscription, maybe it's Birchbox or whatever, automatically have that same amount every month put into savings. And so when you mentally start shifting that away. It takes the load off of you. You you play the game, you have fun, and then the money's automatically sent towards your goal. I think that is genius. I have actually never thought of, oh, okay, even something stupid like Netflix at $10 a month, right? If, I, yeah. if I'm already paying for it, and maybe this is a bad analogy, but like if you're already paying for it and then you stop that, you're already used to the $10. Why not just put the $10 into an investment. And, and here's the thing, like some listeners are like, well, we make $400,000. Like I'm already gone through training. $10 is nothing. Right. And mm-hmm. someone in residency is like, even $10 could be a big deal. Right. So your five days to 5k that you kind of reference, it's five days to whatever is applicable to you. If you're yeah. a resident, maybe it's five days to 500. If you make $400,000 a year, maybe it's five days to 10k. Adopt these principles and things that Elle's talking about here to your situation. I don't want a residence in here going, well, I'm I'm never going to do the five days to 5K while I'm in residency. Like, I don't even make 5K a month, right? So adopt these things to kind of what you're going on. It's funny because it reminds me of a story when my wife and I were in residency and you were saying kind of like your little eat out funds and his tech Mm -hmm. stuff. Like we were joining finances for the first time. Basically, at the end of residency, we were getting married, but we had been engaged for like a year and a half and been together, though, for like six years, seven years more prior than that. Well, actually, hold on. We were together for, oh, man, we were together like eight years. Sorry, honey. Like, as we started (laughs) doing this, but it was like she went, you know, we were in college and then med school. And then when she came back out for residency, like we were joining everything together at that time. And, you know, I was kind of terrified Right? I have no idea how she really is with money. I know that she asked me questions and things, and I know she doesn't go out and buy you know, expensive handbags and whatever it might be. Like, I know she's responsible, but still that first time I was like, I didn't know kind of how it was going to go. So I created a system and it was to kind of allow us to very easily understand how much money we could spend without you know, going overboard or breaking the budget, so to speak. And we had it where everything went into one joint account mm-hmm. and then front, and that was all of our bills, right? Our rent or her student loan payments, like everything kind of came out of there and then, you know, groceries and all that. And then we had two separate joint accounts, but it was like nicknamed like Ryan's fund and Taylor's fund. Yeah. And every month I, and I can't remember exactly what the number was, but I want to say it was like $200 a month because we were you know, she was a resident. We weren't making a ton of money. I think it was like two, 250 bucks would go into our respective accounts automatically. 
And then if I wanted to go buy a tech gadget, right, Mm -hmm. or she wanted to go do whatever it is, like she knew what she had in there and she could go spend it. And that was a way for us to kind of bridge the gap and kind of merge the finances together in like a very safe kind of thing and a restrictive a little bit, but it helped us kind of go through that. And so it's funny that you guys have your own little kind of squirrel away funds. It just reminded me of like how we originally set up the structure of our joint accounts in the, in the beginning. And and ultimately after about a year, it was very evident. Like she was kind of on the same page as I was in terms of spending and saving and um, it, it ended up working out. But I always like, you know, that was a way for us to kind of force save, especially if we were making more money, if we mm-hmm. knew like we could only spend what the, you know, agreed upon amount was in the beginning that was a really easy like trick for us to be able to save more and while money was kind of tight at that time. So, yeah. And I think you hit on a big point is what you're trying to do, no matter what stage you are with income and expenses is you're trying to develop financial habits, but then you're also trying to build up your relationship. And so you're going to find ways now, like say if you're in residency now, Yes, things are tight, but we got a system. It's so much more easier later once you're out, you know, and and you're making your money. Don't know, like, the finances with that, depending on your specialty. But you have a system in place. All it is is a matter of tearing it up Mm -hmm. versus, oh, we totally have to create this from scratch again. You don't. You have the habits in place. You have a system. And yet it's going to adjust based on how things are going. But you guys have that established between the two of you. Yeah. Personal finance is personal, right? So yes. that's why I wanted to say like what Elle's referring to, make sure that you're adopting it to what your situation is. If you're a resident and you've got three kids and your spouse stays at home, whether it's male or female, does not matter, right? If you have a stay-at-home spouse and three kids, it's going to be hard to save, like you're kind of at the point where it's like the budget dates and the $20 dates and things like really matter. The five days to 5k is literally impossible. That's okay. But if you're an attending and you've been out for four years and you know, you're making three, 400,000 bucks, the $20 dates, you could still do those. And those still will make a difference because your dates lifestyle creep, probably your dates are hundred, $150 now when you go out, but the five days to 5k might be five days to 10k. So just make it, just make it personal and actually matter to you. Don't do five days to 500. If you, if you make $300,000, like that won't, that won't make an impact. It, it, it wouldn't make a a big difference. So, oh, you mentioned financial habits and I'm curious, like what are some of the things that you've seen for couples to build those stronger financial habits? Well, I know this might sound weird, but sometimes it's easier by discussing what you don't want to do, but we've all done is first we like, oh, it's a matter of willpower. And so we're just by sheer willpower, we're going to get out of debt. We're going to, you know, save up a a year's expenses. We're going to invest for retirement. And they're trying to do everything at once uh, for couples, actually for everybody, like sit down and talk about what's the most immediate thing we need to do. Like what's that 80-20 win with our habits and tackle it one at a time. Something that I've noticed with a lot of couples, they want to do all their goals at once. I say, why don't we first of all, like we just discussed, like one of the first steps couples should have is creating that roadmap. Where do you want to go? 
and then having a financial snapshot. Where are you now with your finances? And I mean, that applies to whether you're your residency or you're out. You got to know where you want to go and you got to know where you're going to start to build that roadmap. And then you're going to look at creating your spending plan. I think this is interesting because like on my podcast, I talked to couples, different income levels, some of them dual, some of them single, different situations. I have some people working Silicon Valley, IT, insane income. And then I have some people like they're struggling, dual income and taking care of kids and they're living in a very expensive city like Los Angeles. You know, you're dealing with a lot of different situations, but some of the same foundational habits are absolutely crucial. So take it one step at a time. Find out where you want to go. Okay. If you are coming up with a budget, you got to make sure that it is something sustainable and something that's realistic for your situation. And sustainable, of course, is, you know, you got to take care of the bills and everything and your goals. Realistic is who are you guys as a couple? Where are you coming from personally? For some couples, they are both on the same page almost immediately. For others, one may be more of the big spender and one of them might be like, I wouldn't call hoarder, but they really are risk adverse and they're saving. That couple's going to have to work a lot harder to come up with a budget, but they have to respect each other with that. And I think that is a challenge, but it can be a fun challenge because that's where the strength of your marriage comes from is that you guys have different personality types. When I talk about budgets for couples, I kind of even mentioned with like the tools, it depends on the couple, what works for you and what doesn't. And so when you come up with your spending plan, your budget, you have to make sure it reflects your goals and your personalities, uh, where you are now. You can always change. I was definitely what you would call a spender. I was also investing and doing some other stuff, but I definitely naturally can spend, but I could also negotiate. And at the time, like when I met my husband in college, I was earning more. So play to your strengths. Make sure you have these habits that are based on who you guys are and where you want to go. And then focus on one area at a time. You know, if you discover, okay, we're really good. We found a great spot close to, you know, the hospital or where you're working at. We got this. But our bills for eating out is ridiculous. Then just focus on that, you know, that intensity on one thing together can make all the difference. And then you can develop other habits. And then again, kind of going back to the savings is when you develop a habit and you say, you know what, this isn't so bad. Why don't we automatically start, you know, saving or if you're investing, put that towards investment and still like say if you learn that, you know what, we're doing really good. 80%, we want to keep 80% at this level and we would feel comfortable. We'll put that towards our goal, investing, travel, debt, whatever. And then the 20% is like buffer to kind of give you some breathing room, to kind of give you some fun uh, with that. And so to me, those financial habits are going to be more personal. Uh, but it's again, it's what are you guys working for? Making sure you're saving and making sure you have a system by default that's moving closer to your goals. I think that's uh, amazing advice. So in the show, we I learn always, the hard way. <laughs> uh, we all do. So in the show, I always ask the experts kind of that I have on the show, one or two questions that are more um, real life examples for the listener. So the question I have today for you, Elle, is let's say that I'm a resident or my spouse is a resident. 
we have one child, you know, maybe two years old. We're, you know, obviously still in residency. Uh, we're making $60,000 a year and, you know, we're not going into credit card debt, but we're having a hard time saving. What is maybe the one or two fun money challenges or trip tips or tricks that we could do to start that process? Two that immediately jump to mind. Uh, my buddy Liz from Frugal Woods has this. She does it every January, but you can take it anytime. It's the Uber Frugal Challenge. She does a great job with this because it's like a 30-day, like once a day, you can look at this. And this is something that we've kind of hit on with our conversation. Not every tip will apply to you. You know, our situations are circumstances. But within the 30 days, I would be surprised if you don't find at least five tips that can help you save money. I think that is extremely helpful for couples. The next thing I would say... And this keeps coming up because I've I've seen this over and over again, and we personally experience it. Is try out meal planning. Interesting. And I okay. know, like, what if you has what if you doing the kid, the others doing the residency? It sounds insane, but it will make your life easier. And I've seen couples slash their food bill by a third, and it saves time because they know that okay, this week this is what we're going to have, and when they go shopping, that's what they get. And they knock it out. It's kind of like you heard how many studies have there been where the very successful people, they've taken out certain decisions like what they're going to wear that day. They kind of have a uniform and it saves them a lot of stress so they can focus on the big wins. That's kind of the same thing with meal planning. It's not that you have the same meals every week, but you have tacos. Well, tacos can be beef, chicken, pork, veggie, you know, however you want to do that. But you have a theme. And then when you meal plan, it makes it so much easier because you're not, you're not stressed. I work from home. I have my own business. I have my three-year-old with me. And there's certain nights where I need something put together in 15 minutes. And it's great knowing, oh, today I'm doing nachos, you know, and you I can build nachos. that. <laughs> you can make nachos. Okay. I, we have like the quick nachos, which is like the ground beef, but we also have a smoker, Ryan. So if you're ever in room, oh. Yeah, if you're ever, yeah, in our part of the woods, my husband does an awesome roast pork and it's just smoked and we pull it and nachos. That is intense. It's it's awesome with a little bourbon on it. Do you guys meal plan? We do. And people think, oh my goodness, I couldn't do it. It would be a spreadsheet and everything. But no, it's kind of like we like stir fry. And sometimes that's going to be like a more Mediterranean kind of style. And some of it's going to be more uh, Thai style because we love the flavors with that. We can do a curry. We do tacos and nachos. My husband is, if it's grilled or smoked, those are his days. So he usually does the weekend cooking. Mm. But you see how you kind of have a theme and it doesn't have to be complicated. So I know during the week what I'm going to get. And I shop about once a week. Yeah, I think that's great. My wife does some meal planning, but not a lot. And I'm like, the exact opposite where I don't meal plan at all. And I walk into the grocery store and I'm like, oh, I'll do this. Oh, I'll do that. And then my bill is like $200. I went, oh, whoops. Because I am like the world's worst at a grocery store. And I am the idiot that goes in hungry too. So like <laughs> double whammy of just stupidity I've, on I've my side. I've done that. I mean, honestly, we, we've all done that. But we've seen some big savings. So people think, oh my goodness. So you guys probably spend nothing on food. We are picky with our food. So yes, we do shop at Aldi's and like our trips are 
60, 80 bucks a week at Aldi's. But, you know, we also have a weekly uh, CSA delivery, which supplements. Oh, that's neat. Yeah, we used to so do we that get in the San organic Diego. stuff. Yeah. So we get like the fancy cheese and like, oh my goodness, really they have nice this honey fig. And all that. Yeah. This goat cheese. It's incredible. Um, you know, you get the cheddar bagels and homemade. So, yeah, we know where to save. And then at the same time, we're not going to sacrifice quality. We just found a system that works for us. And so that's what it's about. Like with meal planning, there's certain things I can't get at Aldi's. I'll get it at Trader Joe's. I know Trader Joe's has it. So you'll develop a plan. And it, it sounds like, oh, my goodness, it's a lot of work. Start off with what step one, which is just plan out your meals for the week. And it will save you time. I promise you it will save you time. And it will save you money. I, I think it'll save like mental capacity because like, I don't know. Everyone thinks that, you know, all of the people, all of us, right? We podcast, we blog, we talk all about finance. I'm a planner. Like, we don't make any mistakes. Like, I make plenty of mistakes. Elle, I know you make mistakes. Like, we're all human. My, Mm -hmm. like, fatal thing and why I don't go grocery shopping is because I'm an idiot when I go to the grocery store. Like, and it pains me because I'm like, I know how much things cost and I know I don't want to spend all that money on it. But then I'm like, oh, that looks good. Oh, the kids will love this and I'll get something nice for Taylor and I'll do this. And then my bill's $200. And I'm like, uh, how am I going to tell Taylor my bill's $200? And she goes to the store and she spends half that with probably more food. So in our house, I just know like it's not because I don't want to go do it. I just know like it's cheaper if she goes and goes to the store instead of me. So well, Elle, thank you so much for being on the show. And I know we kind of tangent off there in a, the last little bit, but I think it's still really important for people to hear all about kind of what you're doing and how you're doing it. But I'd love for you to tell everyone where they can hear your podcast, where they can read about the stuff you're doing, some of the courses that you have out that are awesome. So please let them know everything. Oh, well, thank you. Wow. You can find everything at Couple Money. And to tell you, Ryan, the truth is we started a couple money because we needed it, you know, to get out of the debt, to work together towards financial independence. And a lot of the videos I do, the courses I have is based off this idea. How do we take our marriage and our money in a direction together? So I, I wrote a book last year, published it, Jumpstart Your Marriage and Your Money, and have a course that goes along with it, which kind of touches a lot of what we talked about today, which is, okay, listen, I don't have a lot of time. But we know that this is important. So how do we build from like step zero? And it's a four-week guide to building your wealth together as a team. So again, everything is that couple money. And um, it's been a blast talking with you. It always is. You're so positive too and mellow. It's always fun hanging out with you, of course. And I have read Elle's book. She was nice enough to give me a copy. And I read it on the plane coming to FinCon or back from FinCon. I can't remember, but... It was a great book. I highly recommend it. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, haven't taken the course yet, but I'm maybe I'll twist her arm and get some access to check out the course. But uh, Al, thank you so much for being on. It's it's always a pleasure hanging out with you. Ah, same here, Ryan. Oh, that is so much fun. I absolutely love talking with Elle. And if you guys can tell, she's a friend of mine. She runs a very successful blog and podcast over at couplemoney.com. I'll link to everything in the show notes for you guys. Highly recommend you check out what she's doing, what she's been working on. Um, Her book was awesome. Um, Absolutely loved it. It was actually a really quick read and it's pretty cheap to go pick up. So I'll link to that in the show notes as well. I hopefully you guys got something out of this show. Um, I I know that I actually 
uh, got something out of the show. So I'm hoping that you guys did and that it was beneficial. Make sure you join the Financial Residency Group on Facebook. Come join us. There's close to 600 of us now in the group, and we're growing by you know 10 or 15 people a week, which is super fascinating and fun. And I am so excited that people are joining and commenting and asking questions. And I encourage you, if you do have questions, ask them in the group or go to speakpipe.com slash financial residency and ask a question to be on the show. So have a great week and talk to you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the Financial Residency Podcast. This episode is ended, but your financial residency continues online. Head over to financialresidency.com where you'll find links to any resources mentioned in today's episode, along with other valuable tips and information that will help you regain your financial freedom. That's financialresidency.com.